Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. How many of you guys know that when you put God first, everything else in your life lines up? And when God is not first, then everything else is out of order, right? Not only when we put God first, things line up, but when we put God first, he blesses and prospers the rest, right? And, and we're not just told to do this. We are commanded to do this. We are not to have any other gods before God. We are to give him our first, right? Do you believe that? Now, do you believe that verbally or do you believe that like, like with your life? All right, well, I'm going to check you out, okay? At the beginning of the year, and I just want to start preparing you now. At the beginning of the year, we are going to practice that as a church. We're going to put God first. Amen? And here's what we're going to do to put God first. The first weekend of the year, we're going to have a spiritual conference, and we're calling it First. Okay? We're not very creative, but we're calling it First because God calls us to give Him the first of everything. So we want to give him the first weekend of the first month at the beginning of the year. Amen. And we're going to have a wonderful time. We're going to believe that God is going to set us up to have a great year. But not only are we going to have the conference Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, on Sunday, we're going to begin a 21-day fast. Anybody excited for that? Amen. We're going to do that. Uh, We're going to be giving you pamphlets and information for you to do that. I know that there may be some new people that are like, fasting, what is that? Uh, We're going to talk more about that, but we just want you to start getting ready. And by the way, our 21-day fast is not just our church. It's all four square churches around the world. So we're not just going to be fasting as a local church. We're going to be fasting with our global Foursquare family, amen? And listen, I am believing that God has amazing things for me next year. Amen? So I want to put God first, and I want to align myself according to His will so that His plans can become a reality in my life. And and, and here's the other thing, too. I know the enemy has a plan against my life, too. Right? So I don't want to wait till I'm in trouble to put God first. No, I want to get ready beforehand because He's already a defeated foe. Amen? Are you with me? Amen. So we're going to be doing that. I hope you eat all the tamales you can on New Year's Day. Eat all the barbecue or whatever it is you do that you can. Because after the first weekend for 21 days, vegetables, fruits, and all natural stuff. Amen. Not only are we going to be, not only are we going to be closer to God, but we're going to be thinner. Amen. Are you with me? All right. Well, uh, if you have your bulletin, would you open it inside? There's an outline that I want you to, to pull out so that you can follow with me. For the last few weeks, we've been asking this question. What's the big deal with Christmas? What makes Christmas so special? You know, how is it that something that happened 2,000 years ago 
can still have a profound impact in us today? And I don't think that's just a good question. I believe that that the answer to that question is foundational to our faith. It's, it's, It's important to what we believe and why we believe it. So we've been asking, what's the big deal with Christmas? Why is Christmas so special? And in short, we've said that the answer to that is Jesus. That the cheesy saying may be cheesy, but it's true. That Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen. And it's one thing for you to know that Jesus say, but it's another thing for you to understand what is it about Jesus? What is it that he did? What is it that transpired 2000 years ago that makes it so special? And that's what we're doing in the series. We're wanting to understand what happened, but not just what happened. My desire is that we would get a deeper appreciation for what Christmas is. I don't know if you're going to get the gifts that you're looking forward to. You know, I told, I told my daughter this. I told my daughter this. And uh, um, I said, baby, this Christmas is going to be your best Christmas yet. Because she kind of gave us a list of the things she wanted. And we got them. Don't tell her, okay? She doesn't watch the live series. So don't tell her. Okay? No sense. She's mozos. And she's all excited about it. She's all excited. We were wrapping gifts the other day. The next day they woke up and they, they she's shaking them and touching them, you know. So I don't know if you're going to have a great Christmas or not. But let me tell you, even if you don't get the best gifts, there's still plenty of reasons why to have joy, peace, and have a good spirit this Christmas. And that's when you understand why he is the reason for the season. Amen. So let's pray, then we'll jump into today's message. Heavenly Father, we come before you to thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you that we get to gather as a local community to worship you. Father, speak to us. Speak to us. Minister to us. Lord, I understand that for many people, Christmas is not a joyful time. Because of the things, the negative things it brings up, because of the tragic things that may have happened. But Lord, I believe, I believe that your peace can pass all that truth and still give us a reason to hope, a reason to smile. Father, I pray that that would be true this morning. Lord, together as a church, we also want to lift our brother Steve Burns up to you. Lord, he is not only an elder of our church, he is not only a pillar of our church, he is a giant of the faith in our church. And we together just want to pray for his health. We want to pray for his recovery, Lord. We pray that where he is, he would know how much you love him and how much we love him as well. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you have your outline in your hand, uh, let me do a quick recap, just in case you hadn't been here the past few weeks. We've been answering that question, what's so special about Christmas? And we said that the first reason Christmas is so special, and you can fill this out in your outline, is that God came 
to earth is that he, Jesus, came to earth. The first reason Christmas is special is because Jesus came to earth. God came to earth in the person of Jesus. And we looked at the Bible and we saw that Jesus is not just God-like, that Jesus was not just somebody that had a very special relationship with God, that Jesus is God, that everything that is true of the Father is true of Jesus. In fact, look at what Colossians 2, 9 says. It says, for Christ is not only God-like, he is what? God. Amen? So that was the first reason. The second reason why Christmas is so special is that not only did God come to earth, but God became human. Jesus took on humanity. Jesus was always God. There wasn't a time that he wasn't God. But Jesus wasn't always human. And 2,000 years ago, he took on a second nature and became human like you and me. And we said that not only did he become, he became human, but he remains human to this day. Look at what John 1.14 says. It says, so the word became human and made his home, what? Among us. Today, I want to look at the third reason why Christmas is so special. And today, I want to look at the reason why God came to earth. Why did Jesus come to earth? Why did he do it? Why did he leave his home? Why did he leave his divine privileges? Why did he take on a human nature and come to be with us? Why? Why did he do it? And here's the third reason, and you can fill this out in your outlines. He came for our benefit. He came for our benefit. Why did he do it? He did it because of you and he did it because of me. He didn't come because he needed to come. He didn't come because he was obligated to come. He came because he wanted to come. He came because he loved us. And Christmas needs to remind us that Jesus came to earth for our benefit. We didn't, we, he didn't need us. We needed him. Everything, everything about his coming had everything to do with you and with me. It's not like God was incomplete or God was lonely or God didn't have enough praise or God didn't have enough things to do. No, no, no. None of those things were true. God came because we needed him to come. And see, many people don't realize that what they're missing is not a, a better job. That what they're missing is not a spouse. That what they're missing is not better stuff. That what they're really missing is God in their lives. And the reason Christmas is so special is that we needed him to come and he came for our benefit. He came. So what are those benefits? What are those benefits that the coming of Jesus gives us? Well, let me give you four of them that the Bible shows us. Four reasons. Number one, he came to show us what God is like. He came to show us what God is like. The first benefit of Jesus coming is that we can truly know what God is like. Look at what John 1.18 says. Okay, this is a really good verse. It says, no one has ever what? Seen God. Nobody. So if you think you saw God, you were smoking something really good. <laughs> you may have felt God. You may have sensed God. You may have seen the work of God in your life. But if you're like, oh, no, I saw God. It was this old man with the long. No one has ever what? 
seeing God, okay? Even Moses, Moses saw the aftermath of God's presence coming by, right? But you remember what God told Moses? He says, hey, I'm going to cover you and I'm going to walk through you and you're going to get to see the aftermath, the glory of my presence. Because if you see me at that moment, you're toast. Now, now think about that. This is another message. And this is the beauty and the power of Jesus. One day, we will see God face to face. Amen. Amen. Think about, think about how, how amazing and how powerful that is. Amen. So let's go back to our verse. No one has ever seen God, but the one and what? And only son who is himself God and is in close relationship with the father. Look at this. Not only has Jesus seen him because he is God, but what, look at this. He has made him what? Known. Everybody has an opinion about what God is like. Everybody has an opinion. Now, respectfully, I think there's a lot of crazy opinions and a lot of unbiblical opinions about what God is like. Right? I've heard people say, well, I believe in a God who only sends you good vibes. I've never read the word vibes in the Bible. I hope to find the verse one day. I believe in a God who is all love and doesn't punish people. Or people often have told me, I don't believe that God can send people to hell. Everybody goes to heaven. I've had even one person tell me, Pastor, I believe in a God who doesn't mind have you having a little bit of fun and getting in a little bit of trouble. <laughs> Everybody's got an opinion about God. Now, the question is not what you believe about God, but the question is what you believe about God. Is it biblical and is it true? And everybody's got an opinion about God. Now, here's the other thing about that too. The Bible tells us that we can look at nature and we can know certain things about God. You could go on a run or a walk or a drive and you can look at nature and, and you can see truths about God. You can see that God is creative by looking at nature. The patterns, the shades, the colors point to the fact that he is a creative God. We know that he's a powerful God by nature. When you look at the waves and the winds and the rotation of the earth and the mountains, we know that God is also organized by looking at creation. We know that, 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 that God likes variety, right? Last time I heard, like, there was like 30-something different species of beetles. That's 36 too many different beetles, to my opinion. But God likes variety. We know that God likes beauty, right? Because he created you and he created me, right? right. We, know, we can know a lot of things about God by looking at nature. But hear me out. The most important things about God we would not know them if it weren't because of Jesus. Because Jesus came to tell us that God is forgiving and nature can't tell you that. Only Jesus could. Jesus came to tell us that God is loving and nature can't tell you that. Only Jesus could. Jesus came to tell us that God has a plan for our life, that we are not an accident, that he put us on this earth on purpose and for a reason. And the only way we can know that is because Jesus came to tell us that. So the first benefit 
is that Jesus came to reveal to us what God was like. You want to know the true God? You want to know what God is truly like? Get to know Jesus. Look at what the Bible says in Colossians 1.15. It says, Christ is the visible image of what? The invisible God. What is God like? Look at Jesus. How would, how would God react in certain situations? How, what does God think about certain topics? Well, look at Jesus. Look at what John 14, 8 tells us. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father. That is all we ask. And Jesus said to him, I have been with you all this time and you do not know me yet. Whoever has seen me has seen what? The Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Listen, we would never know what God was truly like if it weren't because Jesus came to earth 2,000 years ago. Amen? The second benefit of Jesus coming is that Jesus came to show us what God was like, but also to show us that we can trust God. He came to show us that we can trust God. Listen to me. As human beings created to crave relationship, to be in relationship we need someone or something to trust. And there isn't someone more trustworthy than God. And Jesus came to show us that if there's some, someone you can bank on, that if there's somebody you can fully rely on, it's God. Look at what Jesus said in John 14, 1. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God Trust in God and also trust in what? In me. Did you know that, that it's a lot easier to believe in God than to trust God? Did you know that there's a lot of people who believe in God but don't trust him? I mean, they say, I know God exists. I know God loves me. I know he cares for me. But they don't live like they truly believe those things. Because they believe in him, but they don't trust him. And see, the reason, the reason they don't trust God is because they don't really know God. Because in order to trust somebody, you got to get to know them. In fact, you know this very well. You know what family member you can trust with certain things, right? There's some family members that you can't trust them with certain information because as soon as you turn around, they're going to go tell Univision, right? <laughs> There's certain people that you can't trust with arriving on time because you know no matter how, how much they tell you they're going to, they're just not going to arrive on time. See, our trust is based on our knowledge of that information. Did you guys just elbow the late person in your family? <laughs> I saw a bunch of... I... Um, see, trust, trust is built on knowledge. The more we know a person... The more we know what they're like, the more we interact with them, the more we can trust them. And listen, if you're going to trust God, you got to get to know him first. And the only way to know him is to look to Jesus. And Jesus said, hey, listen, you can trust God. You know, we just sang that beautiful song. I love that song. It says, he won't. He won't fail us. And you want to know something? In 41 years of my life, God has been faithful in my life. And you want to know something even more? God has been more faithful to your life than you deserve. 
God has been more faithful to you than you have been to him. And Jesus came to tell us, hey, this is what God is like. He's not this angry being who's distant, who is uninterested. No, 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 no. This is who God is. And you know what? He wants a relationship with you and he wants you to trust him. Amen? The third reason that Jesus came to earth, and you can fill this out in your outline, is to show us how to really live. He came to show us how to really live. Look at what John 1, 1, 4 says. It says, in him was what? Life. The truth is, and I want to say this very respectfully, the truth is that without Jesus, you're not living, you're just existing. If you don't know Jesus, you don't know true life. You know, people, people get up every morning, they go to work or they go to school, they come back home, they make dinner, they go to sporting events, they, they, they do homework, they do all that stuff, and then they go back to sleep and they repeat that again the next day, and they go on through this cycle for 60, 70 years, 80 years if you're lucky, and then they die. And that's not living. That's existing. Because true life is only found in Jesus. Jesus is the one that brings color to our existence, that makes life enjoyable. See, many people think, and I addressed this earlier in this series, many people think that what Jesus wants to do is take away from you. He wants to take your fun. He wants to take your freedom. He wants to take your Sundays. He wants to take, 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 take. But that's because you don't know him. One of the most famous statements that Jesus made is found in John 10, 10. And look at what he says. He says, my purpose is to give them a rich and what? Satisfying life. Jesus came to give us what? Life. He didn't come to give you a religion. He didn't come to give you duties. He didn't come to give you tasks. No, he came to give you life. And without Jesus coming to earth, we would never really know what life is. So as long as we remain disconnected from our creator, as long as we remain disconnected from God Almighty, we will only exist and not truly live. He came to give us life. Now, how is it that God gives us life? Oh, he gives us life by giving us a peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen? By giving us a joy that is not dependent on circumstances, but dependent on who he is. He gives us life by giving us a purpose. Come on, can, can we be honest? Can you help me be a witness to this? There's people in this room who would be in a very different negative situation if it weren't that Jesus came and he brought life into your existence. Some of you would be in a house. Some of you would be in jail. Some of you would be out in the streets. Some of you would be lonely. Some of you would, would be hopeless. But because Jesus came and he didn't come to give you a religion, he came to give you life. Now, your family is still not perfect, but it's together, right? Your, 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 your life, not fully accomplished, but you're making a difference, right? Why? Because Jesus came that we may have life and have it in abundance. And without that, we wouldn't be able to know true life. Fourth, believe it or not, I'm almost getting ready to finish, okay? 
because we, we, we have seven people getting baptized. Amen? Number four, this is a big one. And I'm just going to give you, I'm just going to give you a sampler today because next week, this is what we're going to focus on. The fourth reason Jesus came to earth is to show us the way to heaven. It's to show us the way to heaven. You know, I think we all want to go to heaven, right? We want our loved ones to go to heaven. Nobody, nobody say, no, I'm okay with not going to heaven. I think we all want heaven. And listen, here's the thing. There's a very popular saying. And that saying says that all religions lead to heaven. And I want to tell you that that is absolutely, completely not true. I think all religions promise you heaven, but not all religions lead to heaven. Heaven is not a mountain through which every religion is a different road. And no matter what road you take, you eventually end up in the same place. Now, in fact, can I tell you this? Hear me out. No religion leads you to heaven. There is no right religion. No religion is a pathway to heaven. There is a person that leads you to heaven, and that person is Jesus. Look at what Jesus said. And I know this is a bold statement, and, the, and, and this is what we've been building on. And next week, we're going to look at, at what is it that made Jesus so unique, okay? And it's all going to make sense if you've been here all these weeks. What made Jesus so unique to be able to say the statement that we're about to read? And look at the following statement. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. Now, let me stop right there. He didn't say, I am one of the ways. I have some of the truth. I am an option to life. He made absolute statements. And he said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am life. But look at what he says next. This is important. He says, no one comes to the Father except what? Through me. He says, there's only one way. There's only one door. There's only one ticket. And it is no religion. It is me. And if Jesus had not come to earth 2,000 years ago, you and I, we would have no way of getting to heaven. Because he is the way to heaven. So all religions promise you heaven, but only Jesus can lead you to heaven. Now, why? Come back next week and we're going to look at some specific things that is the reason why Jesus is the only way. Let me finish with this. I don't know if somebody can get Lorena. Let me finish with this. The third reason Christmas is so special is that God came for our benefit. He didn't have nothing to win. He was complete, perfect, and whole. He came because we needed him. We needed to get... By the way, you didn't choose God. God chose you. You're not here doing God a favor. God has been working in your life to draw you to blessings and goodness. And he came that we may know him. He came that we may know that we can trust God. What is it that you're fearful of? What is it that you're holding on to? You can trust God with it. But he also came that we may have life. 
You know, you don't need material possessions to truly live. You don't need to be married to truly live. All those things are the cherry on top. What you need to truly live is Jesus. But most importantly, he came that we may be able to go to heaven because he is the way to heaven. Listen to me. He came for your benefit, but he also came that you would be a blessing to others. He has left you here on earth for the benefit of others. I think I've shared this story with you in the past, and if I have, um, please entertain me one more time. There's a person that you do not know. You've never seen his face. You don't know what he looks like, but he has blessed your life. He has been a fountain of blessing to your life. And I'll tell you who he is. I don't know if you know this or not, but I didn't have the privilege of being born in this amazing nation. I was actually born in the second best nation, Mexico. (laughs) I hope you know I'm joking, right? But I truly was born in Mexico. Aguascalientes, Mexico. Hot waters, Mexico. Amen? The land of the good people. But while I grew up in a good state, my parents came from a broken home, a dysfunctional home, and very destructive families. Let me tell you, you think your family is dysfunctional? It doesn't compare to my parents' family. There was abuse, there was neglect, there was addiction, and there was definitely no hope. And in the middle of this chaos, in the middle of this darkness, my parents met and they got married and they thought it was a good idea to have me. My dad will tell you this to this day, that when he saw me for the first time, he cried. He cried of joy and sadness. He cried of joy because I'm his firstborn and still his favorite one. (laughs) But he cried also Because he said, man, the future that awaits this boy is such a tragic and sad one. And he realized that. He was an alcoholic. There was a lot of dysfunction in our family. I've shared with you that I believe I was about three years old or so when one night I heard a knock on the door. And when I opened it, it was my dad and he was drunk, just drunk. And I remember my parents arguing and I, as a kid, I really couldn't comprehend all that was going on and apparently that night my parents got in a big fight and my mom kicked my dad out and she said I'm done with you she kicked him out my dad left and I don't know how long it was after she kicked him out but eventually he came back and he came back with a stranger with a guy we didn't know and this stranger had caught my dad in the corner my dad barely made it to the corner God didn't let him get past that corner When this stranger spoke to him about Jesus, my dad opened his heart, received Jesus, and he said, hey, would you come home and tell my wife about this wonderful person called Jesus? They came back. They shared the gospel with my mom. My mom accepted the Lord. And let me tell you, our life has not been the same since. In our family, my parents were the first ones to come to Christ. Today, 
There's about four pastors, and the majority of our family is Christian. All because of this one stranger. And I would dare to say that because he was bold enough to tell them, to serve them, to point them to Jesus, I am here today as your pastor. Had he not done that, who knows what would have been of our future. In this stranger's name, you'll never, maybe you'll never see him, but one day in heaven you will. This stranger's name is Goyo. And he's been a blessing to your life because he wasn't afraid to serve and tell others about the most wonderful news that is Jesus. Why do I tell you that story? You know what's my biggest desire? That today, as we speak right now, there's families, there's people in that same dark, difficult situation like my parents were almost 38 years ago. You could be their Goyo. You could be the one to come and share the gospel. Gio spoke about how his wife was blessed. I just want to tell you, God left you here for the benefit of others. Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. I want to invite you. Will you be a blessing to somebody this Christmas? And the biggest blessing you can give them is to point them to the true meaning of Christmas, which is Jesus. There is no better gift than the gift of forgiveness, true life, and heaven. And there's many people missing that today. So I want to ask you as the week goes by, next week we have a big Sunday. And we've done it for two reasons. One, we want to make a big deal out of God. We believe that he deserves the best. But two, we want to touch hearts. We want to change lives. We want to be a blessing to people. And I know there's people around you that God has put that need to be here because he wants to change their lives. Are you with me? Are you going to invite somebody? Are you going to be a blessing to somebody this Christmas? Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you, and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.